people who are out there working it right now need so much love and support. Every single person is in this boat. We cannot all fail. We are too small to fail. We are the backbone of America. We cannot let all of this fail. We just can't. Hey, this is Amy Mills from 17th Street Barbecue, and you are on the road with Jane at WGN. Seven twenty WGN on the road with Dane, typically high atop Chicago in the Allstate Skyline Studio, but now, of course, in our remote broadcast bunker and on the line with us. Uh, excited to have a barbecue heiress and one of the nation's favorite voices of the BBQ community from a true temple of barbecue over at 17th Street in Murfreesboro, Illinois, with the legend, the Hall of Famer Mike Mills, his daughter and an author, TV personality and pitmaster in her own right, the one and only Amy Mills. Welcome to WGN. Thank you so much for having me. Well, these are these are crazy times, and it's it's one of those things. The barbecue community, and you'll know this as well as anyone, is usually the one that kind of mobilizes in disasters. Whether it's you know our good friends over at Operation Barbecue Relief, or just in communities everywhere, usually people when there's times of kind of challenges and and all that, they turn to the world of barbecue. Now, the world of barbecue, just the well, the restaurant community specifically is turning to a world who is also kind of everybody's sort of scrambling at this point. We are all scrambling, and it's been unbelievable. We are used to being the last man standing, and I talked about this a little bit when we put out a video that we were closing because it's such a point of pride, and right now we have to just join in and figure out how to salvage our business so that we can be standing again. Um, it's It's been incredibly challenging. Yeah, when you think about it, the restaurant community, and, and I don't know this as a person who's covered it for probably the better part of 20 years, you know, we always know that it's the kind of business that you have to be hardwired to be in, to be successful. It's one of those toughest businesses out there. But a lot of that, you know, that information is, isn't necessarily common knowledge to the regular people who see restaurants as the places where they go to celebrate, to, to, to hang out, to enjoy, create family memories and all of those kind of things. They don't know just how fragile a business and a business community it is. So when all of this happened and you had the governments and whether it's the state government or, or the federal government or, or even just locally deciding to say, Hey, let's shut down because restaurants, let's face it, is a place where people come together, right? They come to get together, to be together, to shut down. It was, I think, just incredibly impactful in ways that most people don't even know about for restaurants. Absolutely. And not only like just for a restaurant, for example, our restaurants are used um, used to 35% of our business being takeout. Even that shifted dramatically. A restaurant cannot be open at, you know, someone said, why can't you just be open at 50% capacity? The business model is built on a much higher capacity than that. And you, you have to have every bit of that little ecosystem working in order to be not even just profitable, but in order to break even. And that's what we saw when we tried to just do go to takeout for a few days we could not keep the lights on at that level and we couldn't continue to sustain. And it became more important to us to preserve our balance sheet and preserve our resources so that we have all of that when we reopen and not just try to limp along for a few weeks and then be out. And I feel like that's what's happening to a lot of people. Yeah, well, and I think in the barbecue situation as well, I mean, you look at low and slow and just the time that it takes to do it at the level that you guys are doing it, it's not as easy. It's not like a diner come in and order a couple eggs and you make them and two minutes later you're eating. I mean, it's something that takes exactly. a lot of preparation. 
and then you can't, you know, you can't serve something that's not at its prime. There are so many factors go into it, not the least of which is the fact that being such a protein-based business, our price point is high. Barbecue used to be considered inexpensive food. It is not inexpensive food anymore, especially with the quality of meat that we're all using these days. Yep, especially when you have those standards. Like you said, people come into 17th Street, they expect 17th Street. You can't have an asterisk by the menu saying, hey, you know what, based on things we can all understand, you're just not going to get what you're used to or expect. It just wouldn't be what you guys do. So here at WGM, we reach 38 states and Canada, the most of the country at night. And so for Chicago, of course, that's where we're based. It's one of the great restaurant towns, the James Beard Awards, so many great places and personalities in the culinary world are right here in Chicago, but we reach everywhere in a lot of rural places too. So speak specifically. I mean, you guys are national and legendary and you're a national personality, of course, but the businesses are based in a rural-ish community. It's not the biggest city out there. Maybe if you could share, I don't know if, if there are some unique challenges based around being kind of in a smaller town. Yeah. So, that, so that's a very unique set of challenges and thank you for bringing that up. So we're in a town of 7,000 people. 22 miles away, we have another restaurant in Marion, Illinois, and that town is a little has a few more people. Um, it is based right off of a highway. However, you know, based on this incredible foundation that we've built over 35 years of being in business, and the fact that we're on TV and all of those things, this little ecosystem we've created here, half of our business comes from out of town, out of state, or out of the country on any given day. The day that we closed. Somebody had was in there from Hungary who had come on a barbecue tour. <laughs> so it's crazy. And we know this because we track it on these chalkboards. We write down where everyone is from. We have them sign the guest book. So when all of a sudden that dries up very quickly, you, you definitely, you know, that's just this huge chunk of business that has gone away. And we don't know when that's coming back. When will the world begin traveling again? We don't know. Ooh. Well, I know that, you know, just as the restaurant community, we heard Rick Bayless locally partnering up with U.S. Foods to try to do some things. You've got chains, you know, that are able to do that, that are just big, you know, feeding their employees and trying to help out on the food side that way to kind of get through this. On the government side, you know, locally, you know, here in Illinois, now Governor Prisker has gotten some high praise, at least on his handling of the pandemic side of things with the early lockdown, the kids home at school and some of those things. And even though I think we just you know, recently were designated as a hot spot, maybe because of the population, is that things have been relatively slow as far as the as far as the uptake here recently, though. And this is another thing where I know there's so much to worry about, but the restaurant community is such a big part of the workforce and I think such an important part of everything that happens, but still kind of out of sight, out of mind as far as the the fragility of it and the challenges. And and I guess there was an announcement, and you had been on social media too, is that there were some things that were done, so much more that could be done as far as the announcement from the governor. Well, we are proud Illinoisans. And, you know, I think that this whole thing and the way Governor Pritzker has handled it, this could be the saving grace for our state and really building up the PR of Illinois because we are right behind California and New York in response and the way that he and the team are handling this. And we could not be prouder or more supportive of any of this. Things that could have been done, I think, are things at a federal level. We should have known about this so much earlier. I am constantly watching the news and what's happening. And when I could see things happening in New York and when I could see things like sanitation and all of those things that were so important, two weeks before anyone else, we put out an email that said, this is how we're handling cleaning. 
And if anybody has so much as a sniffle, they're not going to be coming in to work. You know, we, we were on it. I think, sadly, lots of people have weren't on it nationally. And, they, and still they continue. Even in southern Illinois right now, we don't have that many cases. We're pretending everyone has it <laughs> or could, is a carrier or, you know, you have it and you're going to give it to someone else. We have five of us left working in our office. We are doing mail order. We are not letting people in the building. You know, today is payday. People are pulling up and we're going to hand a check to them in their car. We are just trying so hard to contain and flatten here. And I think everyone really has to do that. The most important thing to us, obviously, in addition to just being able to keep the lights on, is that we have a 100 people and we want them to be healthy. These are people who you know, may not always have access to the best of health care or many of those right. things. We cannot afford to let any of our people be sick or to make anyone else sick. That would just be devastating to us personally and professionally. Well, when doing things on a personal basis and people can do, and there's been a lot of instruction, you know, stay home, protect yourself, wear a mask, do what you can. And so some of the direction there is is relatively straightforward and clear. It was interesting, you mentioned the federal level as far as some of the support for restaurants, to hear President Trump came out and and kind of give, on one hand, sort of an endorsement of the importance of and, and just the staying power of the restaurant community, saying something along the lines of, well, they'll it'll be back and it'll come back. And then he, and the side that really upset set and terrified a lot of people. It's like, it'll just be different restaurants and different people, but it'll be back. Uh, and then oh my God. I know you're just like, that is the wrong thing to say it, but here it is. And I think it's part of it. Amy is, and to let the listeners know, we're talking of course, 17th street uh, barbecue legend, Amy Mills is that, is that even him, even a person who comes from in a lot of ways, sort of a hospitality background with the restaurants and the hotels is still kind of unaware at just how, how fragile it is and, and the support that is necessary. Here's a good side of it. And the upside is that people mobilize just as yourself and people look to you on the barbecue world and the food world is, is kind of a voice to say like, well, here's what we should do, or here's some direction, or here's how I feel, or, or kind of even lend it to some of the, the social ways that you can get involved in support is I guess some chefs, you know, got together with Thomas Keller and Daniel. Balud and John George, and they went and talked with him and kind of gave him sort of that, you know, kind of a wake up moment to say that, hey, we need to do some different things. So, Amy, not to say that this is going to happen, you know, or even is in the works, but as someone who's, I'm sure, given a lot of time and sat and thought about, well, this is the way the federal government could do it. What would be the suggestion? Would it be just whatever kind of dollars that could get out there to support it, or maybe the government's fund the restaurants to a certain point? Is there any ideas that you've had, the ways they could do it if, if they could? Well, that's an interesting question, and I think the need is so tremendous. I don't know how the government can help every single person who needs it, or not even every single business who needs it. And I do think about it. You know, I participated in the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program a few years ago, and so I've been privy to a lot of calls and interesting things. I was on a call with Senators Marco Rubio and Ben Corden earlier this week to hear all of the details of the Federal Stimulus Act, and I was very heartened to hear some of that. It's, you know, pay, you can hire people back. They can be on your payroll. They're trying to get people off unemployment and help you not have to recreate your workforce. There are some stipulations that will come with that. Uh, you can use the money to pay your rent and your utilities. But I'm sitting here looking at a sheet of paper for my accountant, and this, the bills that we have to do right now are so staggering, and there are things that people don't think about. But 
insurance, all of your different insurances for your vehicles, your buildings, your utilities, sales quarterly sales tax payments on estimated earnings. How do we even know what we're going to earn? But we still have to pay that or we're going to be penalized. I think if we could have not had to pay like any of our withholding and our sales tax estimates and all of those things, that was deferred. That would be huge because that's thousands and thousands of dollars these restaurants have to pay right now. You know, when your economic machine just comes to a screeching halt and you see the bills that you pay constantly, it is shocking. It's shocking. And right now, statewide, I love that we came out with these plans very quickly. However, a restaurant like 17th Street does not qualify for a single state plan. Those were all designed for companies that had employees of 50 or less people with revenues of either a million or less or three million or less for the hospitality side. We are larger than that. So it's like you're being penalized. You're still a very small business in the scheme of things, but you're being penalized for being a successful small business. I only know that this will work out. Like I feel like Stephen Gloom in talking to you, but <laughs> every single person is in this boat. We cannot all fail. We are all, we are too small to fail. We are the backbone of America. Even Senator Rubio said on his call, you know, we say those words, it's very trite, small business is the backbone of America, but we can't even get a haircut right now. Right. I mean, that is small business. Um, we cannot let all of this fail. We just can't. Well, I, I think, too, one of the upsides is that when we come out the other side of that, whenever that is, and as painful as, as the middle is going to be, is that the economy, the enthusiasm, just the potential, just the excitement over everything that was going on was was really great. And I know that people are itching to get back to that as soon as it is humanly possible for everyone. And, and, and it seems weird. You almost feel bad about asking, like, well, are there any good things coming up or what kind of projects are you working on? But I know people are looking forward. You know, we watch a lot of the stuff. You got to stay up to speed with the information, but it's really depressing. And so are there any cool things that people can be looking forward to as, as they kind of look to you and, and your dad and 17th Street coming up? Were there projects in the work that you guys will be able to get back to it or things to be excited about? There are some cool things, and I, w- I want to tell you that, but I did, I want to make one more point as we're emerging from this, and this is at a state level, and I think every restaurant, or really every small business needs to look at this. You know, we are escalating toward the $15 minimum hour wage in Illinois. We just had a dollar increase in January. We have another dollar in July, another dollar in um, January. So that combined with all of this is putting such pressure on businesses and our prices are all going to rise and the outcry from the public will be large. You know, people are not used to this. We're we're just going to be creating a new level of an economy that is going to happen here. And I think those are some things that we all need to factor in as we get back into business and things that we really need to look at. I am not begrudging anybody that money. I think they're all earning it, especially all those people you see out in grocery stores and the people who are keeping us all afloat right now. But in order to pay that way, you've got to make that way. And the only way that you can generate that revenue to pay that is with higher prices. So I was going to say that. Let me get to the positive things, though. We have been working for the past three years on a barbecue sauce factory, and it's kind of had some starts and stops. But Construction is considered essential, and our construction is going great guns right now. It is 
a factory not only to produce our barbecue sauce, but also to co-pack for other people. Wow. And we will be ready later in the summer. And every day I walk over there and big noticeable changes are happening. Um, it's super exciting. So we are definitely looking toward that project. And that is a huge bright spot right now. In addition to highly increased mail order, People are sending mail-order barbecue to their friends and family all over the country, and I am personally handwriting the notes that go into those packages, and there's not a day that I haven't shed a tear over the sweet, sweet messages that people are sending to their children and their loved ones as they are nurturing them with a little barbecue. So that is a bright spot also. Well, you think about it, that is the way, that's the way that people celebrate. And if it, things get kind of changed and adjusted into the ways where they have to socially distance themselves with some barbecue, then I think that's great. And it's another way that 17th Street and you guys. That's right. Food uh, is still love and food is still nurturing. And however you get the food to them, you know, my own child is in New York City and I have been beside myself. I wanted him to leave. He didn't. And now he really, it would be worse for him to try to leave right now. And so today I am packing up a giant box, not only a barbecue, but, you know, I'm sending him all the food that I don't want him going down the street to get at the grocery store. It's just what we have to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're, we're all getting through it. And I think one of the things that maybe will be great, you mentioned it and touched on it is a little bit of this, I, the, the tough love that allows people to really appreciate not only the important things, obviously friends and family and all that, but on the industries that you, like you said, are the backbone, the underpinning, the kind of the cornerstones of so much of what it is that we really enjoy about, uh, you know, our lives and, and lifestyle. And that's the restaurant business, the, the food industry, specifically the barbecue industry as well. And so when we come out the other side, I think people are going to really understand some of the importance of the wages and, and, and want to be able to help support that and build in some safeguards if this kind of thing ever ever happens again. So uh, this is one of the things I think we can look forward to. Amy, uh, if you can give out the information for the, the website or social media, they can look to you for inspiration and information. Of course, get some of that great barbecue. Thank you so much. Um, our shopping website is shop17bbq.com. And on social media, um, especially Instagram, we are at 17th Street, 170th Street, spelled out BBQ. One of the things we're known for are these Sunday sermons we put up every week. And we have lots of good ones about the messages of hope and resiliency out there right now. And it, it means a lot when we see people sharing those. And we're seeing so many people share uh, the packages and of the food that they're getting right now. So it's really fun to do that. You know, it's hard to strike a balance of you're trying to have some messages of hope and still explain what your business is all about. On social media, it's kind of a weird time to be out there, but I think it's still our most important way we have of communicating with people and telling them what we're all about. And what I also hope everybody is doing right now is really thinking, you know, we all show our um, anxiety and anger and frustration in different ways, but the people who are out there working it right now need so much love and support. They don't need any negative messages or they don't need to be yelled at. They need to be tipped and they need to have somebody express appreciation and say thank you. It's just so important right now. One of the best in the business and one of those great voices in the food world, the restaurant world, and of course in the barbecue community, Amy Mills. Thanks so much for what you're doing. We'll keep tabs on everything and and catch up with you a little bit down the road, but thanks for jumping on the show today. We would love that. Thank you so much, Dan, for helping spread all these messages of, of hope and everything that you're doing in the world of food. We appreciate you. I hope we talk again real soon.